0: Hello, this is a your podcast preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Tossing Crowns or Cornhole, You Decide. This is a multi-episode series and with this is episode three of six. Now in departing from the triplets named Work, Will, and Scent, we see a mystery, which in my view... This adds value to the statements that I have made in times past, whereby we need to know God so that we can accurately work in His will as He sends us. Keep in mind, I am still on the sending topic for a minute. Ephesians 2, 4-7 But God, who was rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, By Christ you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. What it doesn't say is making us, but made as and already has made. You think you know much about what it is to be in more than one place at the same time? There's a lot of other things going on outside of our current level of vision. But I am a believer that if we press in and allow God to rule and reign in our lives, then somewhere along our journey with Him, we will see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the unthinkable. Matthew 16, 19 And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We live in four dimensions concurrently, as authentically born-again believers. And if you want to know more about that topic, you can read David Jungie Chow's book titled Four-Dimensional Living in a Three-Dimensional World, or The Fourth Dimension, or The Fourth Dimension, Volume 2, and or The Fourth Dimension, Combined Edition. I have not read The Combined Edition, but I'm including it as it should be close to the same material as the first two books. Does the scripture say Jesus was tired from his criticism of everyone around him being way too busy around the church business? Look, you see, it's not a rare thing to hear someone say that they don't care what God assigns them to do, even if it is to clean the toilets. And yet when the toilets cry out for cleaning, there is no one to be found because they are too busy lunching with one another. You know, building relationship with one another, but ignoring their relationship with him. You know you have to be equipped to clean toilets, or to teach the Word of God. It makes no difference to God what you are called to do, as He is the one who has placed the assignment on your life. He just expects that you will do it. So now, as I stated above, you can shout all you want, that we don't have to work at being Christians. Work as Christians. Perform works as a Christian, and or any other excuse for just being lazy and lost in a false hope. But it states to me, No worky, no eaty. And I say, No tossing crowns. Second Thessalonians 3.10 For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Now I get that there will be a few, few, few of us, as compared to those who are blowing the Christian trumpet. But I got to preach and teach to the crowds to get those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8:28. It really is like fishing, whereby when you do so, you are just looking for a fish, not all the fish, whether you are a hobbyist or a commercial fisherman. No, I'm not going there. Look, is this not saying the same thing? Matthew 17, 13, 14 Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is a gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Listen, he's not talking about non-believers. He's talking about the church, the believers. The non-believers have no interest in entering the narrow gate or the wide gate. They're not interested in God. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way, which leads to life. And there are few who find it. I'll say that again. There are few who find it. If the many are picking on the few, that should be a telltale sign that you may be on the wrong side. Luke 13:24. Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Remember when I said these are talking about believers? People who do not believe in God are not interested in getting to heaven that way. Yes, I know, false religions make the promise that, yes, you can get to heaven. I'm not dealing with that. I'm dealing with the church. Remember, this ministry is for the believer. Many will seek to enter and will not be able. I did a message earlier that talked about the ten virgins. All ten of them believed in God. All ten of them believed in Jesus. And as they were going to the spaceship to get on the spaceship to go home with Jesus, half of them weren't ready. That's 50%. That's 50%. And when they did finally show up equipped to go with Jesus, he said, Hmm, away with you. I don't know who you are. Listen to me. It's a dreadful thing to think about the fact that you could have lived your life believing that you were a Christian and yet get in front of Jesus. And he looks at you with that tear in his eyes. Remember, slow motion. And he says, I have no idea who you are. Again, I say, religion will not introduce you to God like this. It may get you through the front door, but you have got to understand that God is about relationship with you and then working in tandem with you to fulfill and further his purpose, not yours. Earth is here. Yes, we can enjoy it. So before I move on, I want you to ask yourself, because if you don't, Jesus will, which path are you on? Which group of Christians do you belong to? The Christians that do what the Bible states while also stretching to the uttermost parts of their inner being to get to know God? Or, 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 are you the Christian who points, mocks, and has a critical word to offer to those who, in your opinion, are wasting their time and life working so hard at this God thing? Here is a bullet you can use against the work wasters. Your Christianity is works-based. Salvation is by grace alone, lest anyone should boast, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And then your mindset is that you are to enjoy life and the peace of God until you die. Nope, that's the wrong path. We know that salvation is of God alone. But we also know once you get saved, you've been called and equipped for a purpose. Why are we supposed to make disciples? Why are we supposed to equip the saints for the work of ministry? Why, why, why? You say, well, I'm not called to do that, or I'm not called to do this. Yes, but you're called to do something, and it has to do with God. You are called to do something. Everybody who is a born-again believer is called to do something. Everybody who joins the military is called to do something. Everybody has a role, from the cook to the man that brings the ammo to the guy shooting the guns. Everybody has a purpose in the kingdom of God. Read Joel chapter 2. You'll see what that looks like when it's functioning the way it's supposed to be functioning. And I say we get a choice in the matter. And you are choosing, even if you're on the wrong side. You're choosing on the wrong side. You have no excuse. If you get up in front of Jesus and say, you know what, I was never taught that stuff. You will have no excuse. You'll say, but I left a Bible for you. What were you doing the other six days a week? Didn't I tell you to test every spirit? Didn't I give you that Bible so that you could read it, so that you could get to know me? What were you doing? Okay. Now there is another group of Christians that do-do-do-da-da-da-da da, da, work, but they also practice unrighteousness. So in other words, they are working without allowing God to bring the necessary change in their life. It's the old man doing the new works, hiding behind the works bush. Matthew 7, 21-23 Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now this is important. Listen to verse 22. Many will say to me in that day. You see how that lines up with the gate, the the wide path? Many. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Well, isn't it God's will that we prophesy? Yes, it is. Cast out demons in your name? Are we not supposed to cast out demons? Is that not God's will? Yes, it is. And done many wonders in your name? Isn't that what God said would happen? Yes, he did. Verse 23, And then I will declare to them, this is Jesus, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So listen, yes, God said we would be able to do all those things. But if you read the verse ahead of it, But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, It's not enough that you get spiritual giftings and then go out and start doing whatever you want. God gave you the spiritual giftings to do whatever He wants for you so that you use those gifts according to His will. Yes, there are actually people out there using the gifts of God to their own advantage for their own gain. It has nothing to do with the will of God. And if you understand God, if you seek him, if you get to know who he is, you'll be able to see the difference. I don't know how else to say that. You'll be able to see the difference because there is a difference. You want to see it now. You don't want to be in this line where everybody's saying, hey, Jesus, how you doing, man? It's good to see you, brother. Bless you. Thank you for saving me. Who are you? I just can't imagine being in line, living my life, thinking the whole time that I'm in God's will, doing all the things that I believe he wanted me to do, only to get up there and find out I had rebellion and a stiff neck when I got to heaven and I totally missed it. One of the ways you know this is if you can't listen to anybody who's more mature than you are. If you can't listen to a message and get something that will help you to grow. These are ways that you can tell whether or not you have a stiff neck. These are ways you can tell if you're practicing lawlessness, which means there's no boundaries for what you're doing, or if you're using the gifts that God has given you, the talents that God has given you, for his purpose. Okay, so there's a fourth type of Christian, and that is the backslider. These are the fencers of Christianity. Now there is hope for them because they could go either way with God. James 5, 19, 20. Now we already know that believers can turn away from God and follow the devil. It is clear in the Bible, and in fact will be one of the signs that Jesus is about to wrap this mess up. And hey, peeps, he's about to wrap this thing up. If you are no different than those who I have chatted with in the past about this, and this is that, which is that you cannot lose your salvation. And right after that, they throw out the most thrown out scripture to support their last nail in the coffin, Then you might want to follow along and make your own mind up about the matter. Although not yet, but soon. Romans 8 38 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, that's the scripture. They say, ah, based on that, I cannot lose my salvation. I don't think so. There's 15 scriptures that say that people walked away from the Lord. Even Peter said, "Uh, it would have been better if they had not known him. So listen, this is what I tell you. You got to read the whole Bible, cover to cover. It's a wonderful book. If you don't understand it, great, read it until you do. That's what I did. I didn't understand it when I went through that thing the first time. But over and over and over, I eventually got to see some things and I got to be encouraged. And then I couldn't put it down. Now, at first gawk, it can be seen as saying or implying that, well, not really, really. But so if you read it without presumption or preconceived ideas of what you have been told it means, then you may see something else here, able to separate us from the love of God. If this means that you cannot lose your salvation, then we might all be in trouble. Hmm. So does God, or will God, hate everyone who ends up in hell? Will he love everyone who ends up in heaven? I'm not persuaded that I can answer that. No one will ultimately be separated from the omnipotence, the omnipresence, or the omnipotence of God, right? If you don't know what these three omnis mean, then go to dictionary.com or Google and see for yourself that if you are trying to go where God isn't, well, it's like trying to escape from yourself. Look see at David's knowledge of the subject. Psalms 139, nine seven twelve 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as a day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. So we can agree that nothing can separate us, but we cannot draw from Romans 8, 38, 39, that you cannot lose your salvation. Look at the inverse of that philosophy. 2 Peter 2, 1, 2. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies even denying the Lord who bought them, and bringing on themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. 1 Timothy 4 1, 3. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. Hello? <laughs> it cannot really be any clearer than that. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from food which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Psalms 101.3 I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Hebrews 10.38 Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in doing that. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through in the people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.